boys and girls are back for the wrap number 20, the 20th anniversary. And uh, opposite me, I've got the rugby jersey wearing, HSC completing, quaff on top supporting Andy Cameron. <laughs> Welcome to the building, sir. You've outdone yourself there, Dukes. Thanks for that brilliant intro. <laughs> Oh, mate, mate, no problem. I'm really enjoying the uh, audio-only raps, actually, I have to say. Mainly because I get to wear dressing gowns each time. Yeah, I've got my chinos and sneakers on and no shirt and dressing gown. Yeah. And uh, no judgment, because only you can see me. Yeah, especially on a uh, Sunday after a perhaps a little bit of a debaucherous Saturday, you get to sort of be feeling as if you're, you're comfortable and you're not trying to look fresh for the audience. Bit debaucherous on the milks, hey? Because I've got a feeling your birthday is next week. Yeah, I got the got the skim milks out. <laughs> the skim milks and the and the Coke Zero. The soy lattes. Some soy lattes. Big wrap today, hi Andy. Huge wrap, actually. It's a, no, it's, a, it's, it's a nice little wrap for the 20th anniversary, and I don't anticipate this one will drag on for too long, but it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be a nice one with a couple of good stories. We're going to diversify somewhat a, li- a little bit, aren't we, Andy? That's what we do. We evolve. We get we better every single week. These uh, rap hosts are evolving. And, uh, well, today we've got, uh, you know, as usual, we have our jumping to conclusions. It's, always, it's a crowd favourite. It's a crowd pleaser. Look, it's uh, <laughs> something that the, the people really want to see and want to hear every week. And we have, uh, well, a domestic story will be Jacinta Ardern in Australia talking what climate, Andy? That's your story? Uh, well, it's more the, the Alan Jones comments. The on, Alan Jones comments on Jacinta oh, and the controversy. Yeah, the controversy surrounding with the uh, with the shock jock Alan Jones. <laughs> the shock jock. Um, that's, that's how the ABC News describes him, which I quite enjoy. Yeah, and uh, and then the international story is a bit of economics, and you know, there's going to be some better economists than me in the audience, um, but I assume they'll be nodding their head in agreement with the analysis I provide on the inversion of the US bond yield curve which is uh which is quite a big story it shocked the market yep. australia's biggest uh one day downturn in 18 months happened last week because of the uh this the shock jock of an announcement <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the economy ones are the ones i usually get uh most questioned about when people ask me like people who actually watch because like when you have the people who actually watch they ask you about the segments and the people who come up and see like that you have an instagram page are the ones that go oh really like your show but the ones who watch it get on top of about, it. They tell you about the specifics. And they tell you where you're wrong or where they think you're wrong. And then you s- send them to, to slam town, smack down. Well, I don't usually tell them. I usually listen to what they have to say. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the thing is, own. I'm just never wrong. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that might be Andy's <laughs> never wrong. That could be a quote on uh, Andy's T-shirt. We're getting some merchandise made. Andy and I are, have just ordered some and we're... Um, we're, we're trying it out, make sure it, it works in the wash and it looks good when you put it on and it uh, gets it's, all your right angles. Yeah, um, but that might be available in the next couple of weeks for public consumption along with a, a deep state fighting mug, which is my most excited piece of merchandise. That is, yeah, something to seriously look forward to. But uh, enough of the uh, the dribbling. As, we do have a, a little... Enough housekeeping. Now onto the shock shock analysis. The shock shock analysis. But before we start, we have jumping inclusions. How could I? And uh, how could you have forgotten? Yeah. Um, my conclusions have been pretty uh, pretty on the money recently. I would disagree. Last you got, week you had we had a good discussion about Grant Denya. Yeah, you had you had one good one last week. Uh, you always say I have one good one, and it's always I, the week before the one we're recording, and it's basically every week. Then how come we went like a full month before you left, where it was just mine, just my conclusions? Because yours one, your ones are the most ridiculous. Okay, 
Andy, is your jumping in conclusion? My one's not actually that ridiculous. My one's more of a and uh, more of a tip. But Andy, what's yours? Mine, right? It's a little bit interesting. Something you might not expect me to say is that in the current climate, Change. Instagram not in, <laughs> in the current climate <laughs> crisis, um, no, Instagram models have the loneliest profession in. Uh, Modern day society. These dots. These <laughs> these clout chasing thotties. These thottianas. They're looking like they got a whole lot of they got a whole lot of clout because they got a lot of people following them. But do they have any people beside them? That's is what the, I'm uh, thinking. Is, on the, on the late night. <laughs> on the late night. Oh look, maybe man. I feel like the amount of people like sliding into their DMs and and them talking with people. That's what like, I was thinking. But does that actually bring someone fulfillment? Is something which I. Uh, don't think well that's a good question true. I mean let me just I got a few of them on speed dial I guess I'll, Mate, I'll call them up I might have to slide into my own DMs just to see how it feels <laughs> just to see how because we are we are Instagram influencers now <laughs> yeah we are we're, we are the thoughts but uh, Instagram DMs getting dry getting, they're getting dry on you <laughs> mine are getting floods <laughs> mine are getting some torrentials uh, we might look at that but what's yours Boogie my conclusion is that um men's fashion works in in like strong archetypes so that like the best fashion is when you wear like a a kind of um an outfit that that kind of works whether you're like the the sailor guy the kind of casual guy with basic colors but who looks good the corporate guy in the suit um the kind of music guy the guy who's wearing kind of rags but is looking but it kind of works and he's got like long hair and and kind of like doc martens or whatever um, and I think when you mix it up, when you have things from different styles together, it usually doesn't work so good. Look, I don't, uh, I don't think you get much clap back from me on that one at all. So I just think it's the uh, the general public. Sometimes there's a bit of a mix and match, and I do it sometimes as well. Sometimes I mean, right on. now I got chinos and a dressing gown on, but the mix and match I think is one. Like I had my one buddy today, Sean. Uh, shout out to Sean, who was wearing. He had like a. Uh, what he, he had some branded, um, some branded, it was like Spencer Project t-shirt, which is like a kind of fashion t-shirt. Yeah, I got one of them. T-shirt I got one of them t-shirt and like a John Deere cap on. And I just thought mm. that's the type of mix and match that'll get you in trouble. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think most people have like their own type of vibe, but that vibe itself is subject to, to like it's hostage to an archetype, if you get what I'm trying to say. I think I'm getting it. I think I'm getting it. I think it's similar to what I said in, in my conclusion. Look, that's why I think that mine's <laughs> maybe a little bit better. All right. Okay. But I'm willing to defer. All right. Well, we can talk about we can talk about the Thotianas at the end. They're always good to talk about. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a little bit of, little bit of cloud ourselves. How ironic that would be. <laughs> How ironic that would be. Um, all right. So domestic story, Dossie. Domestic. Oh, we always forgot. We usually have a splattering of beta males along, along the way, which, we'll, which we might... Which, which, Look, which I kind think, of happen organically. Yeah, I have mine sort of splattered in throughout my deep analysis. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you 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 start us off with with Alan Jones, Jacinta Ardern, and, and tell us how Tuvalu plays into the mix. Tuvalu. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Tuvalu. That was a country that's going underwater allegedly, which is the climate. It's dude. I'm looking at the notes for our thing, and you've already copied and pasted it. But Tuvalu's in there. <laughs> Do I know Tuvalu be in there? It's just the way you said it. Tuvalu. I would have. I wouldn't have enunciated it like that. How would you have said it? Tuvalu. Tuvalu. 
But let us know in the, in the comment section down below. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put a poll. Is it or Tuvalu? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. Because it's a mystery. All right. No more dilly-dallying. All right. So on Thursday, Alan Jones uh, said... Sounds like an NRL player. <laughs> sounds like he's the new Parramatta Eels winger when Mike Acevo goes to French rugby. Uh on Thursday, Alan Jones said Prime Minister Scott Morrison should shove a sock down Jacinta Ardern's throat after the New Zealand leader <laughs> said Australia had to answer Don't to mind. the Pacific on climate change while in Tuvalu or Tuvalu for the Pacific Islands Forum. He also described Miss Ardern as a joke for commenting on climate change, having claimed that New Zealand's carbon dioxide levels had increased per capita more than Australia since 1990. He released a statement later the same day saying he meant to say, put a sock in it, and repeated the statement to his 2GB audience on Friday morning. This was a willful misinterpretation of what I said to obviously distract from the point that she was wrong about climate change and wrong about Australia's contribution to the carbon dioxide level, Jones said. Um, Russell Tate, right, who's the big boss, is the chairman of Macquarie Media Limited, which owns 2GB, said in a statement on Saturday, so it should be uh, two days ago when you're listening to this on your drive-in on Monday to work. Monday morning, so that's when we're... That's the vibe. That's the vibe. Mr. Tate said that notwithstanding Jones's apologies, I've discussed the matter with Alan and advised him that any recurrence of commentary of this nature will result in the termination of his contract. We take this very seriously and these types of comments don't reflect our values, the statement said. We've expressed our concerns to 2GB and have pulled the advertising. So, right, that's, that's pretty much how it unfolded. That's the narrative. And what this type, of, this type of commentary means, is there, a, is there a brand of commentary of sock shoving down throats, I wonder? Look, um, maybe you'd get away with that in like the 50s or the 60s. But, uh, I think if he... Um, well, what's your reaction to it, Dossie? Look, my reaction is... I feel like down the throat gave it a bit of a quite a... Um, quite a a, uh, a bad it leaves a bad taste yeah. in your mouth if you said put a sock in it it probably would have been fine it would have yeah, been fine I, yeah I he said put your sock down your throat he's gotten it, he's gotten it mixed up yeah and I don't think he would have gone on to 2GB in the morning with his show I think it's probably one of the most popular on AM radio and meant to say something that he like obviously knew would come off as quite violent well, yeah, it does come off as quite violent, and uh, he did apologise for it. I he think. did, yeah. So he said, um, he was talking to an ABC radio show called Drive, and he said, I would never wish her any harm, and I would always wish her the best. My comments, nonetheless, were careless, and they should have been, I think, more clearly thought, and to that extent, I have erred and made a mistake. Now, when you do that, you've got to be man enough to simply say, I was wrong, and I apologise. I've done that to her several hours ago. So he wrote her a letter. Um, detailing that he's sorry. Yes, well, we have, uh, if not already, probably going to say quite a few careless comments throughout our uh, podcasting career. But nonetheless, we should we'll take a leaf out of Jonesy's book, hopefully, and own up to it. And to be fair, but, he, 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 he gone, my bad. Um, nonetheless, I think uh, it, was, it was an unfortunate, it was an unfortunate uh, um, way he, he spoke, unfortunate. Yeah. I'd say because he probably didn't mean it in the same way Joe Biden probably didn't mean to call all the poor all, all poor kids black 
right? He probably didn't mean well, that when he said that when he said that all the poor kids are, are just as smart as the white kids. He probably didn't mean to say that. Even, yeah. He probably didn't mean to say that. Um, and uh, it's it's it blew up into a bit of a story, didn't it? This week, Dossie. The Joe Biden or the no, Alan no, Jones? No, 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 Alan Jones. Yeah, became well, a bit of a story. Look, I sympathise because I feel as if when you've spent as much time in a profession uh, like Alan Jones, right, you get this sort of air of confidence where since you've done the, let's say, 200, 250 days a year for 30 or 40 years or however long Alan Jones has, you've spent that much time talking to people and relaying what you have to say, you sort of would become like overconfident with it, I would say. And that's why the remarks came out uh, less tasteful than mm. what they than what they, he yeah, probably he was a bit careless. He was walking into the he was he was walking into the pocket with his hands down. He just got caught by a left jab from the, his yeah, own microphone. The Anderson Silva knocked out by Chris Weidman. Yes, no, it is a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit silly. Is, you, is there really any more substance to this well, story than there? Are, there are a few reactions to it. Let's do like, the reactions because yeah. it was. Because really, the, the story is not necessarily the comments. The story is, is how big it became. Yeah, it did Yeah, it did become quite large. But Ardern, who I thought actually reacted to it um, quite well, said that, uh, I don't know that I'm going to give that the light of day. I think I'll just leave it where it is. Um, which I think is probably a smart move by her, um, yeah, both politically and... Jacinta. And it's just, you know, probably not, not saying either way which I think is probably better off in a situation like this where there probably wasn't that much ill intent. Mm-hmm. Um, ScoMo uh, described the comments as disappointing and way out of line. I mean, I have two daughters, so you can expect that's how I would feel personally about it. Yeah, I, I don't... This is my thing. I don't like when people... Let's say you're mean to a woman or let's say you're disrespectful to a woman... There's an assumption that it's because she is a woman. Yeah. Um, so ScoMo coming out and saying, this person was mean to a woman and I have two daughters, therefore I feel like it's this. He's implicitly giving the game away, actually. I agree. He's, impl- he's implicitly playing um, the wrong game, which is that if you have a disagreement with any type of like minority, I'm doing bunny ears, minority. Yeah, air quotes. Um, air quotes, because it's audio only, and I'm wearing a dressing gown. Then um, it's it's like they're actually people as well, and they have their own thoughts. And the much more respectful thing is to grant them uh, their own individuality and their own character instead of defining them by their gender. Yeah. Uh, and so to disagree with someone, or to be mean to someone, or to be nice to someone, uh, the gender sh- or or whichever you know identity trait they have, which is you shouldn't judge them on, is is way down the list. Right, it's way down the list, and to assume that, like for Scomo to come out and says because I have two daughters, I think that's a bit silly. I think so as well. I think um, I do think that the way like society. Yeah. I mean, if if Alan Jones came out and said, "Suffer sock down her throat because women shouldn't be in politics," then maybe that Scomo's answer is justified. Yeah, but that's maybe. not what he said. <laughs> but um, look, I do think there is uh, society is quite conservative i'd say on the whole in relation to like uh the way we talk about and talk yeah talk about the way we treat women compared to men right like obviously like if you if i went up and hit someone it's probably better off that it's a dude rather than a chick um Mm -hmm. and the way we treat women is kind of more different 
Um, but by the same token, if you're going for the like progressive game, or that if you're trying to like win points, or even just like say something like that, like it is kind of silly and like lacks giving the correct individuality to to women. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it's it's almost disrespectful to women in in a lot of senses because a lot of the best women are ones who are saying like feel feel free to disagree with me, but don't have any don't. Don't talk to me in some way, like, because I'm a woman. Yeah. Don't talk to me yeah. in some type of way because I'm a woman. Especially in, like, the professional scene as well. Like... Yeah. Um, it should... Like, you shouldn't be, be yeah. doing just that. Yeah, just people as individuals. Afford them, afford them the respect. I think that's the way it is. That's definitely the way it should be. But um, the final the final reaction... This story is dragging along a little bit. But the final bit was Malcolm Turnbull. Right, Mal's been he's been chirping recently. He's been... He has been quite vocal, right? And so he said that his that Jones's pattern of using abusive and violent language against women, particularly women politicians, is disgraceful. Uh, he's an appalling misogynist in the way he talks about women. This is the man who said that Julie Gillard should be put in a chaff bag and dropped off the heads. Then he goes on to urge Morrison to shove a sock down Jacinta Ardern's throat. It is interesting to note there's a little bit of context between the the beef cooking between Jones and Turnbull. Oh, I can imagine there's a bit of beef. Is that they have long clashed over climate change, beginning when Mr Turnbull was leader of the Liberal Party in 2009 before he was removed because he wanted the opposition to support the carbon trading scheme proposed by the then Prime Minister Kevin Rudd. Mr Turnbull blames Jones and several other Sky and News Corp commentators for his removal as Prime Minister in 2018. Mm. Yes. So it seems as if there might be a little bit of a vested interest there by Big Mal. Oh, there's a beef. It's uh, it's a nice little uh, it's a nice little quip. Nice from little Mal. Nice little way to stay relevant, especially considering the absolute failure that his prime ministership was. But and he's going hard in the paint. Look, I just I don't really like when we see. Um, well, the, the thing is, I don't think his intentions in this are, are pure. For Turnbull, like if I if I look at the the facts of it, that there is this beef that he still holds a grudge against Alan Jones. I don't think he would have uh, said that about, for example, uh, an ABC radio host or someone that he doesn't have this this background history right. So mm. I think instead of him actually wanting to defend Ardern or actually wanting to like protect like the rights of like women and humanity in general, I feel as if he's rather just doing it to take a stab at Jones. Yeah, well, look, you're, you're probably right. There are people on both sides who take a lot of pot shots. Yeah. And uh, when you have, when the opportunity arises, a lot of people can't resist the opportunity for a good... little a dog good, shot. A, a good dog shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, that happens from both sides. We can be, uh, we can be honest about that. But, um, you know, Trump hit uh, Rashida Tlaib with a, with a little cheap shot. Look, Trump. The other day, Trump does do um, it. Trump, Trump's Trump's a serial offender at the cheap shot. <laughs> but the problem is, a lot of Trump's cheap shots are pretty funny. <laughs> Whereas Turnbull's ones are just probably sad. ones you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, no cheap shots from both sides, and that's just. Um, he's not even in politics now. He's probably back doing investment banking or yeah, something. Yeah, probably like. yeah, making his making his many millions. Making some cash, making some million dollar speeches. Yeah. So I think to wrap this up, we uh, nominate. A couple of beta males. Okay. First of which being Alan Jones. Okay. I'd say, even though he did apologise, uh, 
should, probably shouldn't have said it. Probably should have watched himself a little bit more. The other nomination to Malcolm Turnbull, I reckon. All right, they can they can get two two carried forward into the next into the next segment. Oh, what an amazing segue! <laughs> what an amazing segue! Um, next segment is the inversion of the U.S. bond yield curve, and I'm not really an economist to be honest. Um, but I'm going to read, tell you what I understand about about this situation. Yeah, hopefully, in, uh, in layman's terms, because <laughs> in layman's terms, well, parts going to need to be in layman's terms. Because I don't really understand the economics terms, and I don't understand any terms. Well, uh, the terms and conditions. Okay, so the U.S. bond yield curve is kind of says it's it usually and hopefully in a healthy economy uh, acts acts in one type of way. Now. It acted in a different type of way recently, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why that's important. It's been stepping out of line. <laughs> in that type of way. So we need to know what a bond is, right? A bond is like... Um, so a bond is when you pay the government, or like through the... Uh, when you pay the government some money, that, that government rate I think is set by like the Reserve Bank, like the Fed in America or the RBA in Australia, whatever. We're talking about America, so the Fed. You pay the government some money, and you give them the money for a certain period of time, and then they give you in like two, five or 10 years or how many years back that same amount of money with a bit extra, right? With a bit extra. Bit of interest. And so um, that's, what, that's, what, that's what a bond is, right? That's what a bond is. And usually um, if you give your money to the government for 10 years, the percentage return is higher than if you give your, the government your money for two years, right? Because your money's in there for longer and it's like a bit riskier. You don't know the economic conditions for kind of 10 years down the track um, and time value of money. And basically... Makes a lot of it's, sense. It, yeah. You get your money more at the end. And if you give them your money for two years, um, then that means that uh, that means that you'll get, you'll get a bit less. And the reason why people give their money to the government is because that's the safest way to keep your money, right? So like even they'll pay like less interest than like banks usually and then... Uh, banks pay less interest than like the stock market, for example. Yeah. Um, so the government is the least risky because like the whole financial system kind of has to collapse before the government will default on on, on your bonds. Yeah. Um, but what's happened is that recently, um, short term short term bonds have been paying more than long term bonds. So the yield curve is actually inverted, such that if you give you, the government your money for two years, you get more money back. Than if you were to give the government your money for a ten-year period, and the importance in that is that the last I think seven U.S. recessions have all been preceded by a U.S. bond yield uh, inversion. Okay. Yeah. So it's, so it's been a very reliable indicator over the past sixty years that there's a recession coming up within the next three years. Okay. Yeah. Um, some people put it on average, a historical average of about twenty-two months. Now, each time there is a bond yield uh, inversion, um, you know, it's not necessarily to say that there's going to be a recession, but as a historical indicator, it's been one of the most reliable. Um, so that happened last week. That happened last week, and Australian shares got hit. U.S. shares got hit. We had a pretty bad week overall because the week before that was actually. Donald Trump labelling China as currency manipulator, and with the trade war tensions that that hit Australia pretty bad. Yeah. 
I actually put some money into an exchange traded fund that just tracks the ASX market. And I thought that was pretty good. I was buying it low, but then I got hit again with the uh, with the damn US bond yield inversion. So I'm Double down jumps. on that money right yeah. now. But um, yeah, so anyway, what, what that means is when it, the bond yield uh, invert, the, the US bond yield uh, inverts, what that means is that people think that they'll make a bit that the, the, the market in the next maybe kind of year or two or something is going to be uh, is going to be pretty good is going to be pretty good because when um, but but they have no faith that it's going to be good for kind of the, the medium to longer term future which means investors think there's going to be a recession uh, or, or a downturn or somewhat over a kind of medium to long term um, and uh, a lot of people are saying it doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a recession, but there's a lot of people saying uh, the kind of international market prospects don't look too good. Yeah. Um, kind of on the back of the trade war, on the back of um, some the, the Fed uh, cutting rates and, and stuff like this. Now, some people are saying we shouldn't really be worried because, or, or we should be less worried than we are because the extent of the... Uh, of the, the Fed's activity in America has been uh, quite a lot, quite high, which might be manipulating the market in, in certain ways. And uh, my, my understanding from what I've been able to gather is that uh, it's not good. It's not a good indicator. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean it's, it's a good indicator of not good outcomes, Yeah, uh, is, what I, is what I mean to say. And uh, we should take it seriously. Um, and, uh, but, but it's not 100% certain there's going to be a recession. Now, the only thing I would say is that uh, bringing it back maybe into a space that I'm a bit more familiar with is that I think if if, if there is a, a recession before the 2020 election, I think it will be very, very hard for Donald Trump to get elected. Yeah, that's what my, my reaction to the story, uh, as you were describing it, was that Donald Trump has sort of built the success of his presidency of two things mainly um border security and the economy um which is like quite interlinked but if he has this thing where the economy which has been like such a strong point for him when you look at like employment rates especially with minority groups and groups that you sort of uh wouldn't expect to be doing better under the trump presidency if you uh were getting all your news from facebook um, who have been doing well and the economy has been doing well. So if that is something that goes against him, um, I see he has significantly less things to stand on when going for 2020, um, mm. which is something that might be like, which will be difficult for him to win. And even though 2020 is something that uh, he pretty much needs to win. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, just, like, I don't necessarily agree that his presidency is built off those two things in particular. Um, but I think, um, I think like, there's a kind of probably 30%. This I'm making these numbers up. But I think there's there's probably about 30% of kind of Americans who will like Trump, approve of Trump, and, and vote for Trump kind of no matter what, just based on his positions on cultural issues. Yeah. Like, his kind of anti-PC uh, stuff his kind of uh, drain the swamp stuff. Uh, people are just going to vote for him. In kind, of, in, there's there's a group of people in America who are just going to vote for Trump uh, based on those policy positions um, and those cultural positions. Um, 
regardless of, of kind of, I think, uh, outcomes, yeah. of some outcomes. Uh, then I think you've got this peop- a group of people in the middle, which Trump has been quite successful in winning over, who are like, look, we find Trump quite abrasive. We don't like him that much. Um, maybe they, they feel like there's a kind of... Lesser of two evils. Uh, casual racism or sexism or... But they say, look, the country's doing well. People are better off. People are getting jobs. My personal, um, like, finances are doing better. Um, there's more opportunity. We kind of like a little bit what he's doing in foreign policy. Um, where they don't as much like him as a guy, but they like his, his policy positions and they, begr- they'll begr- they would begrudgingly support him. Uh, and then you've got people who, who hate his policy. You've got people who don't like his policy and don't like his personality, and, and that's a significant portion of the electorate as well. And I think that if Trump has a recession before the 2020 election, he's going to lose a, a massive portion of that group in the middle. And I think it's going to make it very, very hard for him to get elected. And I think it could get ugly if, if there's a recession, because I think Trump will probably blame it on China, blame it on the Fed, blame it on a few other people. And you're going to get this very, very even more dangerous division um, between the hard, hardest core Trump supporters, I think, and, and, and other people. And I think that could be quite dangerous. But if Trump has a recession, I think in his first year of the presidency, I think he'll probably be fine. Yeah. Um, but we also don't even know that there's a that there is a, uh, a recession, a recession coming, coming. coming. Yeah. So if it, if it is if the twenty two months is an accurate sort of uh, statement on how long it takes between the the yield inversion and the recession, then he should be fine before. Like if it even if it does happen, then he should be fine. Uh, yeah. the, we'll, we'll see what happens because it looks like a lot of times before the recession there's massive upswing in the markets as well so people make a lot of money before recessions and then it comes crashing down yeah um so he could be he could ride an economic wave to the to an election victory um if, even if there's a recession coming after it's gonna ride um, but we'll see dude. we'll see with uh we'll see how that goes um so there's no beta males really in there um maybe a beta male goes to the u.s bond yield curve um, Not even, it doesn't even have to be a corporation now or a human. Yeah, I think the US bond yield curve gets a beta male for being unhealthy. Yeah. For being unhealthy. That would be a, uh, a huge step in regard to male, beta male equality. Beta if we male did. classifications mm. and socialisation. We're all inclusive here, I think. We're all inclusive. Okay, do you want to give it? I feel like we can give it to the... Uh, in, in, in the spirit of inclusivity, my vote for beta yeah. male of the week goes to the US bond yield curve inversion. Yep, in uh, to pay homage to the diversity and inclusion uh, sentiment of of the ABC and politics in general, I think um, I think the yield curve can get it. The yield curve can get it. Now we don't leave uh, any loose ends on this show. That is, that would be something that That's would not be, one of the, be the end of do. this show. We don't do loose ends. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about our Instagram influencers. Have, do they have the loneliest job? Yeah. Now, there are some other pretty lonely jobs out in the world. I'd yeah. say one of them is being a, uh, a self-employed fisherman on, uh, out in the ocean. Yeah, but <laughs> I see... That could be one. That is one. Um, but I see, right, <laughs> the self-employed fisherman is getting fulfilment out of fishing, right? You'd assume that if you were he loves fishing, fishing, then you'd love fishing, right? You just feel like at one with the ocean... Like, 
you just love love fishing and fishing in moderation is something i do really enjoy yeah. um after a few hours you kind of just or like an hour even you're just like what am i doing here but um i think right because if you see an instagram model right even though there's the the thousands of followers tens of thousands even that doesn't mean that the mates that you have and the people that you surround yourself with are actually good people, right? Just because you have a, like a, a bigger pool to select from, the concentration of that pool that isn't actually there because they think you're a good person makes you lonely if you are a good person at an Instagram model or a lot of the time makes you a bad person. You think these thoughts, you think these thoughts are, <laughs> are, are, are good people? I think a lot of the time it does turn you into a bad person. I think if you have a bunch of yes men around you or people that just want to be there for the clout, uh, want the tag on your Instagram post, um, then I think it's going to turn you into somewhat of like a, uh, like just really arrogant, uh, lack of depth or character type of person. Now, so let's talk about it. So you think there's a bit of a loneliness that goes yeah. on? So I think that the, um, if your profession is supposed to be like a direct reflection of your personal life, right? Which an Instagram influencer probably like is, is one of the closest professions to being in that, right? How like the way you conduct your actual daily personal life is sort of being broadcast to all these people. Is like, that's, that's the tie I want to make it start. If you're, if you're following me along, you're not giving me the greatest facial expressions when I'm saying I'm trying it. my best to make the connection. Okay. Um, so let's just assume, right? Viewers at home, if you are connected with this right now, drop us a comment. You don't have a quick poll. Drop us a comment, a like, and a share. Yeah. But I think that if when you have that, and the profession itself isn't one that is fulfilling because you're pretty much just selling yourself as the product, which I'm sure like some some would like be fine with. But does that give you like a personal connection with people? I don't think it does on like from a professional level and because they're so like inherently linked in my opinion on a personal level you don't have that connection with people and because of this like it's sort of generation of clout chasing uh just trying to Thodianas. Like, the thought the Thodiana generation is something we can call it shout outs to blue generation Thodiana. yeah that's uh that's the next one we could make that a t-shirt generation Thodiana with blue face on it blue face baby oh <laughs> Yeah, um, blue face. Oh, I can't yeah, say I, that on the <laughs> on the podcast. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think that your loneliness, that your fulfillment actually isn't justified or based on the amount of people you have around you. It's like the quality of those people you have around, right? So, for example, when I see two people who I know who don't like who like don't have any relation to each other or don't even know each other but just because they both have over like 5000 Instagram followers um like just go off and just become mates right that doesn't make me feel as if they're actually friends or that they're actually uh yeah have you a might be with right but you don't know as well because like at the same time let's say you're famous like it's very hard for you to date someone or be friends with other people who aren't famous cuz like the only way if you're rich that you can kind of maybe trust someone else that you actually like each other is if they're rich as well. That's true. So they, they have the same demands, they understand the same things you're going through, they understand your priorities. It's like if you're an Instagram, if you're an Instagram model, you got to produce your content 
and that's that takes up a big part of your day and your thoughts in your mind someone else understands that will i think will help that that friendship that friendship work out and somebody can take your photos who understands what you need to do um stuff like that yeah i feel like a lot of times friendships are like how many aspects of my life do we line up together Mm. sometimes it's like how many how many aspects of my personality do you also share and if that's if they share that then then maybe they but that's what i was going to say is that the amount of influences and stuff that are out there um they might they might have a some type of special friendship like that yeah well that that my conclusion there was inspired just by uh anecdotal evidence that i think could probably extrapolate but i'm open to discussion if you're an instagram influencer why don't you slide in my dms and uh change my perception slide into andy's dms that's the uh that's the the motto that's what's your handle andy cameron zero one andy cameron zero one with a funny little picture on it like as in the the the, the picture yeah it's the profile it's currently uh my buddy alistair shout out to alistair he'll enjoy that economics analysis um from before and it says uh something about can can ma'am please show me her toes or something like that? Something quite out there. Something quite outrageous. A little bit outrageous, but you know what? We just like to have fun in the boys' group chat. We like to have fun. No judgment there. Um, <laughs> Andy, anything else to say to the... Oh, always a bit of housekeeping. Um, thanks for sticking with us. That's the end of the content, but for the housekeeping, if you liked it, um, feel free to follow us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Um you really liked it you can jump on our patreon become one of the carnage house productions patrons there's a few loyal ogs up there and we appreciate them um that that'll go a long way to supporting the podcast it's not a it's not a cheap hobby but um we love doing it and uh we're getting some merch some merch made current well it's already made and we're actually just testing it out so just um, keep an eye out on our instagram we've also got um what else we got on andy we got on anything else Oh, you can. Uh, no, well, there's a few things. A few things. Look, there's always things say, going on in the background. Thing. It's just. Um, um, but it's good to be back. It's the wrap number twenty. That's big two zero. Big anniversary, Doogie. Big anniversary. Um, and uh, if you liked it, then uh, then let us know. Also, if you want to check out some of the um, interviews and stuff we're doing, because we keep kind of the podcast separate from the interviews. There, we'll put we all of them are on our YouTube. So go feel free to. Uh, to check yeah, out. especially if you want to actually have a gaze upon Dougal's Dougal's beautiful face, which you is. You want to check out this mug, mm. then. Uh, oh, and um, I might make a video about this in the future, but um, I've already won the race to eight, and we did the weight loss challenge, and I my I had to get to eighty three, and I'm right now about eighty two, and um, the only problem was the stipulation in the agreement I made between Alex and me and Jim Lee was that the person who comes second doesn't have to pay and the person who comes third has to pay first. But the, the problem is, is that is that it assumes at least two people are going to finish. Yeah. And I'm the only one who's finished and they're saying then they're not finishing and they're just saying they're not going to pay. Yeah. So go put some pressure on them, go and lobby them to pay me some damn money. And um, I think gonna, I'm looking at doing some collaborations with other channels. That's in the works. Um, yeah, look, just big things coming. Stay tuned. But it's only the beginning. It's only the damn beginning. Alright, I think we can sign off there. Any more housekeeping? I don't think there is. I don't think so. I think we're done here. <laughs> Alright. Catch you later. See you.